welcome to the Black Vine Gigs podcast episode something or other. Lately, uh, as you most of you have noticed, we've been third hostless. Generic white guy number five has left us to go do a very interesting career in the future. Um, very dark, generic white guy things. Very generic white guy things. Um, right around the time that World War is about to start, Guard Kid has left and joined the military. We're very proud of him. Very yep. proud. So proud. Uh, so it's just nothing but proud. Proud. <laughs> so proud. Proud. <laughs> oh, proud, proud, proud. Oh, proud, proud. <laughs> uh, so we've replaced him with a non-generic white guy we found at a corner of the street we picked him up he didn't struggle he was like a plank of wood we threw him in the back of a car and we now drove him to a podcast studio yep his girlfriend might be worried sick about him michael is on the show tonight hi hi happy to be here that's good i'm also happy to be here Wait, am I the one who got thrown in the trunk? Is that what that was all about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I just woke up a few minutes ago. Okay. Still, still out of it from the uh, chloroform. Oh. Okay, we're sorry about that. Okay. Okay, if you put a beer in front of you, it's past four ribbon. We're, we're sorry about that. <laughs> I don't complain about brand, but I will complain about the temperature. It's lukewarm. Mm-hmm. Lukewarm past four ribbon. <laughs> oh. <laughs> But only the best. Yeah. Crisp. Crisp. I gotta say Waterloo Amber is pretty good. It's a half-decent beer. Uh, This week has been an interesting week for some people. Josh, how was your week? I played video games. Did you? I did. Uh, Mike, did you play video games? What the hell is a video game? Good question. Oh, yeah, it's a thing with electronics and it involves a, a monitor that has output we, of color. We played Halo Infinite this week, Josh. Nice. Sure did. Yeah, my my shaming of you worked really well. <laughs> Why did this slice start sucking? And then you're like, oh, I just got like 20 and one. <laughs> <laughs> so literally, so literally, me and my friend Andrew have been playing Halo Infinite and like, we're no slouches. We're actually have decent players at this point in time. We're actually really good. So Josh joins us. Josh, who has barely touched the game. And last week, yep. Josh was like, let me tell you, I can play the game. I'm pretty decent. And I'm like, okay, Josh. Okay. No, I, I think I said the words, I will suck. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, well... It was it was beyond my wildest dreams. Um, that that you're like, man, I'm doing so good. You're like 21, and I'm like, man, I'm not doing so hot. It was it was really sad and pathetic. It was like watching a puppy get kicked. Exactly. Because I was like, <laughs> go ahead. Oh, just you know, get up and then go get a gun and then shoot at someone and then die and then you're like, oh man, oh, I got like five in that one shot. And I'm like, what? The funniest thing was like, I would be 
we were playing and I was like, okay, cool. And we're just jumping around and killing everyone. And all of a sudden, Josh is like, I'm dead. And then I'd be like, oh, thanks for the assist, Josh. Yep. And then and then all of a sudden, like, as you're dying, dying, you'd be sitting on the hill. I just show up and I'm just like, bang, bang, bang. Oh, they're all dead. They're they're yep. awful. And Josh is like, these guys are actually decent. <laughs> Like okay, I for whatever reason I just can never cinch out of like killing people in Halo. Mm -hmm. I can never, I can never quite do it. Yeah, uh, I'm more of the team player assist guy. Yeah, nothing wrong with that. Unless exactly. You, as, as long as the team is getting pushed forward, we're winning. Well, that's good. Unless you want there to be something wrong with that, in which case uh, there's something wrong with that. Uh, there's something wrong. Well, not really. As long as team is winning yeah. and we're winning, that's good. We, but the main reason why I brought up Halo Infinite is because we played Firefight. Yeah, it's actually a diesel mode. It's fun. It's feature complete, and I hope to God that when they finish making all their bug faces and ship the new game, they just ship another campaign. They don't just make a whole new multiplayer game for the love of God. Because that would just be like, man, why did you do that? But uh, yeah, no, the new firefight's actually half decent. Cool. Um, Mike, have you played the new firefight? I haven't loaded up Halo Infinite in a long time. So no, I have not played the new firefight. Though I, I am now reconsidering getting it all okay. updated in that. Uh, well, to explain to you what it is, it's... Um, it's wave defense. Right? Yeah, it's wave defense, but they add the king of the hill into it. Against better. So is it so is it still uh, PVE or is it PVPVE? It's PVE. Still PVE. So you're competing against the AI. Yeah. Interesting. So, so the AI will send out like random like people to come and kill you, and your objective is to literally just like take over everything and just hold the point. And as it goes, it gets harder and harder and harder. And eventually you end up in this situation where you're like, this is an unwinnable situation. We're probably going to lose. Ha ha ha. And then you just get your ass raped and you're like, oh, that hurt. So. But um, it's it was pretty fun. It's a good mode. Halo Infinite's actually um half decent it runs well it's actually really fun yeah my i remember one of my big pull-ups is that my machine can like barely handle it though so that's that's another thing that kind of pushed me away is that i was experiencing like uh, i was experiencing some latency issues and whatnot and it doesn't run that great on my machine so i've got it i got an upgrade incoming relatively soon in which case i'll probably that's gonna be one of the first games like i dive back into in a big way because I, I, I didn't have I didn't have a really big problem with it. It's not like I had personal gripes against it on technical or, or moral grounds. It's just I wasn't having a good time on account of my technical limitations. But those will soon be lifted. And, and then you have me who's like, I'm running a 6700K and a 1080E, and I need an upgrade. I'm going to go to my mom and dad who are rich and ask for them for a 4090 for Christmas. Hell yeah. 
I actually did do that. I put it on there. I'm like, yeah, it's not like they're going to read it anyways. And then I immediately get text message back. being like, why the fuck is there a 2000 graphics card on your computer, on your uh, wish list? I'm like, oh, shit. <laughs> uh, Josh, did you put a $4,000 graphics card on your wish list? I, I did. And then my uh, brother-in-law went, what the fuck? And I'm like, I'm not getting that. And I'm like, oh. <laughs> You were all well. You have to go to your sugar mama. I well, I tried, and and then it turns out they left town, and I was like, oh. Okay, I'm sorry. How about, yeah. how, about how about I give you a high five and a high five? Is that okay? Uh, is that is that a graphic? Can can I put that in a graphics card hole and that work? No. Darn it. Do you really just want it? Do you really just want a graphics card? Uh, maybe with a new motherboard and RAM and how about maybe I, how about you buy it and I assemble it? How about that? Uh, how about I can assemble it? It's just like Lego. Damn it, he's getting smarter. <laughs> he's actually he's, he's learning. He's actually going to be able. He's actually going to buy an actual computer this time. Fuck. <laughs> Gonna get something decent, uh, or I—I uh, I mean, what I usually do is go to Member Express and go, "Build me computer, please." You do the same, and they, <laughs> and they do a decent job. That's funny because I'm like, I'm like, I do the exact same thing. But like, the funny thing is, is like, I go to Member Express and I'm like, "Yes, I would like this computer part," and they go, "Why?" And I'm like, "That's a good question. I can't answer it." But here's a benchmark <laughs> from GamersNexus.com. And they go, okay, but why? And I'm like, but Gamers Nexus says that this is a really good PC but, part. But Gamers Nexus says it's cool. That's about it. Hey. But Gamers Nexus says it was cool. How dare you? <laughs> <laughs> That's it, Josh. You can buy your own PC parts. I hope oh. I look forward to when you get an R5 7600K. Darn it. Oh, well. Not actually. I'm joking. But. I mean, there's some decent $300 cards that are like, oh, this is like $300. It's pretty good. No, 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 no. Are you sure? Yes. Uh-huh. Very much so. Uh-huh. It's gotten really bad. Uh-huh. Uh, the $300, like, for you and me, like, anything at this point is basically an upgrade. Oh, yeah. So, like, but, like, $300, when I say, like, $300, it's, like, it's, like, oh, like, this is going to be, like, the graphics card of choice for, like, the next five years. This is going to be the one that everyone buys, like, sells, like, hotcakes, and everyone's going to buy, like, six of them. And what ends up happening is everyone goes, like, man, I can't wait for this new graphics card, and it comes out, and it's, like, actually now worse than, like, a generation ago. And you're just like, but but why? And they're like, you talk to the graphics card manufacturers. They're like, uh, well, you see, uh, things cost money, and we don't have enough money. And it's like, but but why though? But yeah, but why not just make it better? And they just go, well, you see, uh, long complicated story. And you're just like, but I don't care. I just I just want to know why. But why? <laughs> but why? But just make make computer better. 
Make computers better. Make 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 me happy. Happy boy. Please. I'll cry like Snoopy if you if you if you guys don't do this. Mike, Mike, what's your opinion on stuff like that? Computer Sorry, upgrades. Uh, on computer upgrades, like yeah. What's the specific question? Sorry, let me. Like when you're there. upgrading your PC, like what's your opinion of like three hundred? Are you one of those guys that goes to a Memory Express and it's like, what is the three hundred dollar graphics card of choice? Or are you somebody like me who goes to mem- to Memory Express and you have a specific list of parts and they're like vastly outside of your budget to the point of where you shouldn't purchase them, but you do it anyways? I so between the two things, I I sort of have a rough idea of the kinds of components I want to get. Maybe maybe short of having specific brand names, I have I have I have specific goals that I want to accomplish. I want more RAM. I'd like maybe a better processor. A motherboard that can handle all of it and a much better graphics card. So you're uh, you're you're like Josh. Probably I I I'm gonna walk up to the folks at Memory Express in particular and be like, here's what I want to accomplish. Here's my budget that I have allotted for all of this. Help me make it happen. I did roughly the same thing on my first PC that I'm using at this exact second, um, and they helped me out a ton. So I don't see why I wouldn't be able to go and just kind of do all that again. Okay, so you, so I'm I'm the weird one. Okay, got it. <laughs> At least in this specific regard, sure. <laughs> That's good to know. I I will I will be the weird one. <laughs> it's okay to be the weird one sometimes. Yeah, be the weird one's all right. Uh, um, but yeah, no. Uh, that's interesting. Um, but Josh, you played some video games this week. I sure have. What video games did you play? Vomit. I played Vomitorium and Stop Dead. Okay. Uh, let's talk about Stop Dead because that is uh, a interesting concept where they made a full game out of it, mm-hmm. and it's kind of a speedrunner, kind of speedrunning concept of hey, what if your a character in game cannot stop moving, and if they stop moving, they're dead. So it's uh, the speed movie dilemma. Did you talk about this game before? I think you did. I have, but I was like, I haven't touched it, but I know the concept of it. And uh, yeah, the concept is pretty much that. It's like, if you freaking uh, stop moving in any way, you will be dead. So you would just drop and die like the yeah, little pretty bitch. Pretty much. Like the little bitch you are. Yep. Uh, so basically, it's also a odd gameplay choice too because uh you can't really pick up any weapons so you have to use your telekinesis to throw objects which is something i didn't notice before Mm -hmm. so it's basically you're running around you're telekinesis telekinesising objects and things from the environment and you're throwing them at your enemies try to get out try to get rid of the targets and once you do just try to make a mad dash towards the exit okay uh and yeah, it's uh, there is also some story to it, which is pretty funny because there's some moments of oh, I have to stand in one spot and talk to someone, but <laughs> it turns out um, the in order to you know to talk to someone standing in one spot, you have to either keep running laps around them or uh, oh, the or the. Um, there's a treadmill just out of the middle of nowhere coming out to help you out. Oh, okay. Which is 
pretty kind of funny. Because mm-hmm. at first it was like, oh, this this treadmill makes sense, and then later on it's like, what what is this? This makes no sense. Just a treadmill just pops out of nowhere, and you're just like, yep. And you're like, oh, I can run here. Thank God. And so you're constantly going. It's kind of like crank, kind of like speed, uh, speed the movie. It's like just oddball idea, but it kind of works. Makes sense. Yeah. Um. What else? Uh. Oh. Uh. Since I would say that's pretty much wraps up the talk of that game. Like it's very self-explanatory, and like there is a story to it, but it's kind of like, oh, you got your mind wiped by this company, and the company's doing this shit to you, and all that, all that jazz. So an evil corporation takes your mind wipes you, and then does some really shady shit underneath the table just to fuck you. It sounds like it. Oh, okay. Unless you. Yeah, unless you're like a weird, like, you know, freedom fighter or something. But, uh, yeah, like the, the concept of the game is just, hey, uh, keep running. Did you stop? No, keep running. Keep running. Keep going. Don't stop. Can't stop. Won't stop. Uh, and then I was, I guess I could switch gears to the second game I played. Uh, the other one is the. Uh, what's it called? Oh, yes. The Vomitorium. Okay. Uh, yeah. Uh, Vomitorium. Um, it's a weird, surreal doom, uh, like game. And I do mean doom in every essence of the phrase because it's using the engine. Oh, so it's using the build engine? No, it's using, I think it's using GZ doom. Oh, yeah. Something similar to that. Okay. And, uh, uh, yeah, and basically, at first, you're playing the game, and you get this, like, okay pistol, uh, and then you're, like, the game gives you some expedition dump of, like, how Earth went shitty because some door opened to the chaos realm or something, and this chaos realm is all weird and fucked up, and you're trying to uh, right the wrongs of the past, and all it's a lot of... So, does a character a at some point say, I am going to send you to the Chaos Realm? No, sadly. Or the Shadow uh, Realm? It's more of a... There was no Yu-Gi-Oh! reference at all? No Yu-Gi-Oh! reference, I'm sorry. I'm very disappointed. There was no Yu-Gi-Oh! reference. Or how could uh, they do this and not although do it's a more, reference? Although there's more of the stories about how Earth turns into a post-apocalypse and there's no more humans left and you're like supposedly the last human... Because you're literally melded with all the past, the, the last humans that, that there was. You were melded by their, so like their bodies or something. It was, it's weird. So you're the emperor of mankind? Kind of, yeah. You're, you're Big E. I'm Big E. So you're going uh, to create 20, 20 badass Primarchs from, to stop being your generals. And then you're going to create 20 post-human super soldiers in order to like fight legions of... What was it? 20 badass Primarchs in order to be your generals, then 20 uh, legions of super soldiers in order to be their, like, armies, and then you're just going to fucking annihilate everything across the planet Earth? Uh, about right, yeah. Okay. okay. So, Is uh, there a the guy game... called Melkador in this game? I don't think so. Mike, do you uh, have any questions? Uh, if you're, if the question is like, do I have any specific question about uh, Warhammer 40k lore? I am not so foolhardy that I would say, oh, I have a question about 40k lore because 
it kind of seems like one of those things <laughs> I kind of need to know most of it already to even make sense of the questions. And I don't, I don't want to walk down that rabbit hole right now. So, no. No, about the game, bud. Well, which game? Yeah, about Vomitorium. Ah, okay. Uh, Mike's, but, uh, Mike's doing coding <laughs> training right now. Ah. I'm wrestling with a, some CSS bullshit. I hate it. I hate CSS. I hate oh, CSS styling. I like I like the logic of of actual scripting and working with variables and shit like that. That HTML is really good. HTML is a really good language. CSS is a fucking bitch. I hate CSS. It's HTML the worst. is fine. Scripting is cool. CSS garbage. Whoever designed this piece of shit? Like it. Yep. Oh yeah. Whoever designed it, whatever group of people designed CSS, sorry, Josh, this is a tangent. Whoever, whatever <laughs> person designed CSS, there's a, there's a nice jail cell waiting for them. No, there's their own. They have their own ring in hell. So between the eighth and ninth. So between it's eight point five. Yeah, ring eight point five. So it's extreme. It's it's like kind of like it's like you you go. Because Knife is like frozen, right? Knife is a frozen lake. That's right. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So you, so it's like kind of cold, and then eighth is eighth like kind of like humid and like eh. That's a good question. What is the eighth circle of hell? Uh, I, I believe eighth circle of hell is like. I thought it was flaming. Call it's Malibulge, and what's the characteristic of it? I thought I thought it was flaming coffins or something. Fourth and seventh, eighth. Fraudulent counselors. Da, 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 burn. Yeah, it's it's all fire. Yeah, that's good to know. It's all just it's just a fire lake. Okay. Wait, actually, wait, wait, wait. Actually, that was wait. Hold a second. Burn only. We'll be specific here. Okay. So, so there's a special A circle hotel. Anyways, vomitorium. While Michael looks that up. So anyway, vomitorium. Uh, <laughs> it's a uh, uh, it's a Metroid like. Mm-hmm. I want to say yeah, I would say Metroid like uh, FPS where you're have a gun. It actually doesn't consume ammo at all, so it's infinite. Uh, and you start with a pistol and then you just start slowly kind of figuring out where to go and how to do it. And yeah, so it's more or less a weird, creepy adventure game of going to weird, creepy locales and figuring out where to go. Uh, and as you're defeating bosses, which there is bosses in the game, uh, once you figure defeat those bosses, you get better power ups and better abilities to go to where you need to go further. So again, more Metroid, uh, and uh, yeah. So one of the the abilities you do get is the ability to lunge, so that helps you get across gaps. Another ability you get uh, is to make yourself shrink smaller. But every time you do that, you kind of hear yourself scream a bit. So I kind of keep thinking about how the character's kind of hurting himself in order to do that, which is kind of interesting. Uh, also, uh, what else? The lunge, the shrink yourself. Oh, you get a double jump eventually. Uh, uh, you get a kick-ass shotgun. Uh, then the shotgun... Uh, will basically delete people uh, off the face of the earth if you get it leveled up, which you can get an upgrade for it. 
And once you get that upgrade, uh, yeah, you, you can uh, <laughs> get rid of bosses quite easily with it. Um, and also, uh, what else? Oh, and the story about that game, kind of, kind of weird. Like, I, it's hard to explain the story because it's all in not kind of like hyperbole slash fancy talk, if you know what I'm saying. <laughs> I get what you're pointing out. So, yeah, like it's kind of like all this fancy smanchy talk and then I'm like, I don't I don't get it, but it is. I do like the style of the whole game and it's very neat. Makes uh, sense. Yeah. The only thing that sucks uh, is that because of this hyperbole, talky, artsy fartsy bullshit, uh, it's just uh, like an expedition dump towards the end because you're like, oh, I found the guy who owns a library and it gives you more story of what's going on. But it, the guy's like, oh, just read the books. And I'm like, what do you mean read the books? So you start looking at the different bookcases and each one gives you like 20 pages of expedition dump. And you're like, oh, for fuck's sake. Like, <laughs> I didn't want this. I was like, maybe the the scenery will give me more explanation of what's going on. But nope, it's all in these books. I have a feeling that the guy who designed this game was probably in a crunch time or something. Or just wanted it finished. Who knows? Fair enough. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So that sounds interesting. Yeah. So, like, what is there any other weapons other than, like, a shotgun or and stuff like that? Is, like, uh, there are assault rifles and stuff like that? Uh, actually, you do get an assault rifle. Is, that's like fair that's fairy towards the end of the game is there a glory uh, kill system like doom eternal and age doom and ultra doom and no no it's more just traditional shoot them down uh all all the monsters you fight against are creepy as all get out mm -hmm. uh they what else the sceneries you're going through are also creepy as all get out mm -hmm. uh and what else? Uh, oh, and if you're familiar with Doom and its controls, they kind of they're they're very transferable with those controls. So you can check out the map at any time and figure out where you're going. Uh, and uh, there is also some secret stuff going on uh, with like pick up, you can find some secret pickups and stuff. Uh, and Macy. Uh, what else oh uh the i think what was it one of the bosses uh like the it's a, i think it was a, a supposed optional boss but if you do uh defeat him he get, uh, also up gives you another optional weaponry i'm pretty sure because the only way to, you can figure out where he is, is you have to jump into the acid water okay. which yeah, so there's again some like exploration stuff you got to figure out. Okay, that's cool. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so it's 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 fun. Mike, did we get any information on the ninth circle of hell or eighth circle of hell? Sorry, I, I, I banned that. Sorry, my apologies. Let me pull it up. <laughs> well, I abandoned it because well reasons. Hell. No, I don't want a Penguin Press article. Penguin Press article might actually have the most information regarding this, actually.
pretty sure the what was it eighth level of hell is a boiling water pool. I'm pretty sure it is but too. So like it, it will be lukewarm, but, but it's but it's boiling blood water pool. So it's lukewarm blood. <laughs> Eight point five is like lukewarm blood. So like you go the guys who the guy in the CS thing, you're given coffee, but it's lukewarm like coffee that tastes like soap. <laughs> So every single time, like you go to this, you have to like drink this soap coffee and you're just like, it tastes like soap. And they're just like, yeah. Yeah. That's how we get the coffee. Yeah. It's in soap. Yeah. Yeah. Little demons handing you coffee. He's like, so how's your day? And it's just like one of those, like you're just dealing with like somebody who's like, how's your day? How's it going? Are you you get the coffee. You get the coffee. It looks like coffee. Yeah. But there's like soap suds subtly in there. Yeah. And you're just like. (laughs) The picture is much more complicated than I thought. So the eighth circle is for like kind of what's called simple fraud. But there's a bunch of sub circles within it called bulges. And each one of them has a different fucked up thing going on inside of it. Uh, for, for reference, the 10th, the, the deepest one, uh, there, uh, it's for, for basically for alchemists and, and counterfeiters. Uh, they basically are subjected to diseases like leprosy, uh, and, uh, rashes, where there's another one, the Knights, uh, Bolgia, uh, are like slashed up and disfigured. It, it really depends. So eight circles, very complicated. It's like a little city within hell. The city of Dis. It's complicated. But I do know that the ninth circle, the the bottom of hell, is a frozen lake that's for betrayers, and you're submerged upside down to some degree in in and frozen in ice. That's where Satan is too. Oh yeah, the frozen ice thing is always screwed up. Oh yeah. None of, none of the particular imagery in, in uh, Dante's Inferno is particularly comforting. Okay. Let's just... Come on, <laughs> Um, yeah. But I played some games this week. I played, played more Octopath. It is. Um, I actually did more battling. Holy fuck, that game's actually half decent. Oh. It's, you know what? It's, it's, it's not a surprise to me that like, oh, it's actually really fun and really good and I actually quite enjoy it. It's more along the lines of like one of those things where it like, I'm playing it and I'm just like, <sighs> it's, it just, it just feels like as if it just needs some time. So, like, I'm playing it and I'm like, ah, oh, man, I just need to put time into this game to get better. And the thing that makes it really special is the burst system. So, basically, every single time that, like, you attack an enemy, you gain up burst. And as you gain burst, you can do multi- multiple attacks. So, you can burst and... And, like, basically cause an enemy to break, which stuns an enemy, and then you can attack again. Um, you can use different weapons. You can use anything. So some characters might be better with a knife. Uh, you can run spears. It's all kind of dependent on, like, what you're kind of after. And right now, since I'm started off with the Merchant Girl, she apparently has, like, one of the more decent 
um, character starts. So she has like shitloads of money. So I just have been running around buying everything and I'll be like, I'll take that. I'll take that. I'll take that. I'll take that. So I have like all these health potions and shit. And I'm just like, ha ha ha. I'm a little child with health potions. So that's a, that's, that's one of the things I've been doing and dealing with. Um, so for that game is really fun. Really good. I need to put more time into it. And uh, who knows? Maybe I'll just be like, this game sucks by the end of it. This game sucks. This game terrible. Nobody should buy it. I don't like it. It's poopy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't like it. It's terrible. Nobody should play it because it's terrible. It's so poopy. Yeah. It's the worst but, game ever made. Yep. It's full of poopy butts. It's full of the worst shit ever made, created by little children in order to make sure that I hate my life. <laughs> you killed my Dane. Oh, no. Um, the other thing I, I will say is uh, I also played. Um, I picked up a game I started playing a little bit while back, and uh, that game was a system shock, and I started playing that again. And holy fuck, that game's fun. More, oh, yeah. more fun than the other game I played this week. Holy shit. What was the other game? I played Dishonored 2. I oh. booted it up for the first time. I'm probably going to finish it. I'm probably going to play through more of it. I only have 81 minutes in it, and I was drunk. And let me tell you, uh, when you compare System Shock, Shock to Dishonored 2... Uh, System Shock Remake is a lot better game. It has a lot more going on with it. You actually feel like as if you're actually being able to do a lot more. And maybe it's because Dishonored 2 starts off like really heavy-handed with kind of how it works. But the way that game starts off is like your entire kingdom is going to be taken away from you your dad is going to be turned into stone and you're yeah we're basically going to confirm that Corvo was in fact your father which is something huh. that we didn't actually confirm in Dishonored 1 it was very huh. implied it was very much implied that him and the queen were like fucking yeah yeah but like it's very much implied that like Emily is basically going to be like Corvo and she's going to do Corvo things and she's going to have her own special powers. And the more I am like playing this game, I'm just like, you know, I just, I just don't think that this is, I just don't think that this is a good follow up to Dishonored one. Cause like the way Dishonored one starts is you get framed for murder, you get thrown to prison, and the outsider makes you an offer that you can't refuse. So you break out of prison. Whereas, like, Dishonored 2, the way it begins is, like, the queen comes in, the the sister comes in, takes over your throne, and it just doesn't make sense. Like, everyone's like, oh, well, you know, we're just gonna, like, calmly let this woman come in and seize your throne and all this stuff. And we're just going to usurp everything. And it's like, huh. 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 Hmm. 
how did you how how did you guys take over the throne? Uh, you know, at some point you just go, hmm. No, that's not how this works. I don't know how this works, but this is how this works. This is how it works now. Uh, I can just walk in and just say, proclaim I'm the queen um, of a thing, call myself Emily Caldwell, and uh, take over the throne room. That, oh, that's, that's, that's how that works. That's how this works. That's how that works? That's how it works. Oh, that's how that works. I'll just take control of this throne and then uh, just lock her way into a tower and not have to deal with it, even though the fact, the probable fact is... I should probably, you know, be made duchess or something like that if I was actually legitimate and can prove it. And Emily would have to rescind her throne, either forcefully or non-forcefully. And the easier solution is probably non-forcefully seizing the throne through proof, evidence, and conversation and convincing and politicking. But no, they they just take the throne and they're like, "It's the throne. The throne is now taken." Do do do. So, me know like he me think it could be better. It could be. Me think thing could be better. Thus, me annoyed that it could be better. And then you have System Shock, which is Chef's Kiss. Chef's Kiss. It's like the game of the year. Or blowjob noise. Oh, that works too. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. But uh, we have some other topics to talk about. Other oh, than yes. video games. Uh, what happened this week? GTA 6 got nice. Yeah, everybody heard about that. I'm yeah, sorry, GTA 6 leaked trailer. a day earlier than it was supposed to, right? Mm-hmm. It came out the Monday. They were like, it's going to come out the Tuesday. And then it leaked. And then everyone was like, oh, my God, it leaked. Yep. And they're so eager to push that trailer out for whatever reason. Yeah. And then Rockstar was like, well, I guess you ruined it. So I guess we're just going to throw it up there. And everyone's like, thank you. They have this weird elitism with their shit. And it's like, you shouldn't have this. You mean an elitism that's earned? I agree. No. No, elite. I mean, elitism as in like they get so pissy when people are like trying to understand why certain things are developed for their game and shit. And it's like, no, people are trying to understand. So they want to appreciate it more, not like, you know, get rid of the mystique of what your games are. I mean, which. Yeah. Like, I mean, that guy also another story that happened was a guy who was leaking, not leaking, but like sharing stories of the development of, uh, the, the past games that Rockstar has ever developed and trying to tell stories of like, oh, this is why you shoot at the moon and it gets bigger and this all those type of things. Mm-hmm. And uh, and basically it turns it turns out like there's people that he was working with are getting pissy about how he's sharing their secrets and all this junk. And it's like, what? Really? Like, I wouldn't consider that a secret. I just think it's like a neat little factoid that you like to, like to have some background on. Like... I mean, I mean, there's a lot of reasons why like devs don't like doing that. It kind of like because it fucks with the secret gate because everyone wants to think everyone wants pe- the players to believe that like, yes, the way the games are made is that we go to the back room. There's a little sacrificial temple loaded up and you uh, have load a goat onto it or a small child and you just sacrifice them to the Dark Lord of Satan. 
And then all of a sudden, Satan just makes a new game and it comes out of the ground and, you know, hey, you know, that's how it works. When in actual fact, it's like hardworking people actually making a product. Yep. And that's just the impression I get is like, like, well, you're ruining the mistake. It's like, no, like, no, but everyone kind of knows now how a game is made. It's pretty easy to know. Yeah. Exactly. Like, it's, if it, if anything, it's just more of like, I just want to know further. I want to know more. <laughs> just let me know more. If I had to throw in maybe a consideration for what might be like an explanator behind maybe this behavior and you're freaking out over the trailer and all that kind of stuff is, do we know when, um, when exactly Rockstar or rather maybe their parent company, if they are owned, do we know when they start doing investor calls and that sort of a shit? Uh, if, if if I if I had to guess, there might be something like that rolling down either at the end of this quarter or maybe the beginning of the year, mm-hmm. uh, where they have to start essentially doing all their roundup saying, "Hey, give us money, investors, so we can make this cool game," and sight unseen on what the actual game is going to look like. All investors really have to go on is reputation of the company. So. If the company is full of holes and it seems to be leaking and they're not containing their own internal docs very well, that could inspire or that could cause a failure of confidence in at least some of the investors. And this game looks like it's got to have like a ridiculous budget. Yeah. So there could there could be other things at a more executive slash corporate level that are on the line that's spurring a lot of this behavior, if I, if I had to guess. That's but, a good but that's idea. purely spurious. I have no idea if that's true or not. That's a good point to make. But the problem with that is, is that like if you're talking, if you're talking about a former employee and they have been gone for over a year, that's not an issue at this point. That's not an issue. Your non-compete is getting pissy doesn't solve the problem. It just makes you look like a dick. Perhaps. Yeah. So like personally speaking, like as somebody who's been in the industry and stuff like that, there are stories I can tell about like what it was like to work at Bioware. There's stories I could tell about working at uh, Navigator Games. There are stories about like waking up in the morning. Like all of my stories are like waking up in the morning, looking at my email head- header and going, I should not be here. I'm a fraud. And like depressing shit like that, which is the reason why I don't tell them. Because I, I like woke up multiple times in the night being like, oh, fuck, fuck, fuck. Oh, right. I work at EA. And being like panicking because I'm like, oh god, am I gonna get fired the next day because I'm a fucking mass fraud? And oh, feeling like that. Whereas like now I like wake up and I'm like, I don't give a shit. <laughs> like whatever. Attaboy. Yeah. The the downside is is like a lot of like the way that a lot of developers like kind of act. They kind of act like I don't want to be like. They act like as if they're doing a more important job than they actually are, and then they treat people were based on that fact and that's my opinion and so i think i think telling people how the sausage is made it made it doesn't really affect like the industry negatively if anything it helps people build upon existing knowledge and get better because that was always the big issue with like ea and bioware is like they have their own internal engine in frostbite and only like a select number of people actually learn know it so anyone you hire from the outside has to relearn this engine that's like antique, antique, antiquated. Yeah, and I'm fine saying that. Like I think that Frostbite is a very beautiful engine. I think it works really well, and 
But man, that engine has problems. Yeah, every engine has problems if you have people who aren't properly trained on it, and if you have a psychotic death grip on making sure your employees only work with it. Or make yeah, otherwise it, make the process of learning it kind of proprietary, so uh, anybody come, nobody's going to come in with frostbite knowledge that hasn't already worked in EA. Exactly. That doesn't, that doesn't fucking help. Yeah. Um... But yeah, no, that was that's one of the issues that they have with that game company. Um, but the other thing is, is like you know, the more like like you're right about like leaks and stuff like that. Whereas like if Rockstar continues leaking stuff, it just looks really bad, and the investors might be pissed off. That being said, I don't think we're going to end up in a situation where Rockstar is going to make a really terrible decision like Last of Us that negatively impacts the game. Sorry, can you, can you repeat that? Uh, when Last of Us 2 came out, there was a bunch of leaks that came out, I think, six months beforehand, Josh? I think so. Yeah, it was six I months. Think, yeah. It was six months before, and it got revealed that Joel was dead. Like, he was just going to die. And basically what ended up happening was um, everybody spread the leaks, and they were really, really bad. Naughty Dog basically had to come out and say, like, look, uh, that's not the actual story. It's not the actual story. And then the game came out and it was the actual story. And everyone's <laughs> like, this is literal dog shit. I hate this. And it was one of those things where, like, you look back on it and you go, yeah, I don't think that, like, any other company is going to have something like this. I think that the, there are lessons that were learned from other individuals. Well, in, in Naughty Dog's case, we can almost certainly attribute that to Neil Druckmann was the creative director in a lot of these situations. And when people, when it got out that his bold narrative choices turned out to be really questionable by pretty much the entire fan base, mm-hmm. he decided to, instead of saying, you know what, maybe maybe I have made a mistake narratively here. Maybe we can go back to the drawing board. He doubled down on his own bullshit. Mm-hmm. Like it's, it's more of a matter of ego than anything else uh, with with Naughty Dog's case. Yeah, like that. That's a guy who's killed. I think he killed Uncharted too, in a very similar yeah. fashion. Oh neat. Yeah. But um, that said, like, yeah, like I don't know. I unless they unless they reveal like the main characters. I don't know what is the worst thing they could do is trans and fucking goes and shoots up a school of Christians. I don't think anyone's going to give a shit. (laughs) Like, unless they reveal that, like, you know, you have to go out and hunt people with Mustangs and just shoot up schools of Christian children and then turn around and call everyone a Nazi. I don't think anyone's going to give a shit. Lol. I don't think I, unless they unless they go really hard into that section where they just start making like commentary on like a certain group of people and then just start calling like everyone Nazis. I don't think anyone's going to care while clapping for Nazis and cheering them on in Parliament of, of a certain funny. nation that's to the north of the United States. Uh, 
unless unless they unless they unless they actually kind of like look at the real world and they just make a very serious game that's based on the world in the past six years i don't think anyone's gonna care remains to be seen i guess <laughs> they just they just because like apparently like 90 percent of that trailer is like stuff that actually happened in florida yeah, I've been seeing and some California. of the memes about the. Yeah, that's fucking wild. So unless they're like, unless they're like, yeah, you get arrested for like not wearing a mask, that's going to be hilarious. Ugh. So, yeah, my prediction is is uh, I don't think anyone's going to care. <laughs> I think they could. I think they could make a trans character, and I don't think anyone's cared. And actually, there was some speculation that it was a trans character and I was just like cool I'm still gonna buy it when it comes out on PC cause I don't care good for you Jeff I mean I mean I think they pretty much nailed GTA 5 the GTA 5 characters with Trevor <laughs> cause that's like the character that Trevor. everyone that's the character that like is the one who would go around and do crazy shit like that he he's the, he's a meta he's a meta narrative commentary on the actual gamers who play GTA Five. Yeah, he's a perform- personification of the id and everything that uh, GTA players are supposed to embody. Exactly, and like he's just so perfect. And I think that like unless they make this character a total sociopath, there's no real way to power to get past that. Like I still prefer Franklin over everyone, but like that's me. But I also wasn't the character who would like run around and shoot up hookers and steal their money and all that stuff, right? Sure. Yeah. Um, Josh, your opinion on that? Sorry for going a little political. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Do you think that they could do anything that would make you not buy the game? I'm just not buying GTA I- Five or sorry Six. I mean, I'm. It's probably not going to come out on PC until four years later. So, man, it's a really good thing I have an Xbox Series X that people can borrow. Oh man, it's a good thing I don't have any of the current consoles, so I don't care. <laughs> man, it'd be so inconvenient if somebody came over and streamed with me, so that way that we could just make GTA Six content and just comment on the game. Well, maybe in merch. Maybe, maybe you should buy. Maybe you should buy Mario Wonder, Josh. Maybe I should get Mario game, and then talk about it on the podcast. I'm slowed down to ten percent speed. And he adopted a southern drawl in his in his stupor. <laughs> no, no, no. I'll fix this, Mike. I'll fix this very simply. Um, in other news, Sega announced a bunch of crazy games came out at the Game Awards. And, um, yeah, uh, everything I said that should happen happened, except uh, instead of Starfield winning three awards, uh, fucking Alan Wake won three awards. Yeah, Game Awards, fucking, uh, what's it, Alan Wake and uh Gate 3 just kept winning all the awards over and over. No, Baldur's Gate won, like, Seven. Yeah. Seven exactly. awards. Seven awards. No, it won ten awards, actually. 
Is there any reason to believe that the Game Awards are in any meaningful way distinct from, like, say, something like the Grammys? No. No, they're both the same and just as corrupt, probably. It's... Yeah, the, Gra- the Grammys kind of exist to take the people who are already at the top and do some really high-profile marketing for them by saying, hey, look, this won a bunch of awards, and by implication, these people are also better than every other musician on the planet that exists right now. So, uh, you know, don't worry about them. It's okay, it's okay. In Taylor Swift is now... The, uh, the triple A dev space... I think it's predilected with the idea of the game awards. And I'm not saying the games in question are bad, but the implication that they're everything that gaming has to offer. I don't know. It just, it just seems very myopic by comparison. Uh, when, when you have people screaming about Baldur's Gate and saying that it's a bad game because it's feature complete. <laughs> okay, yeah, at enough. some point, like, like, okay, as a dev, as a dev, when I saw that, I was just like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Like, as somebody who's been in this industry, who's – we had this conversation at work, actually. I remember this conversation. We had it in the engineering meeting, and we were talking, and I was just like, yeah, how does everyone else feel about this? And everyone was just like, man, AAA devs are retarded. Like, actual fucking retarded. Like, dumber than a box of fucking rocks. And yeah, I was well, just sitting there, and I'm just it like... Is, it is vindicating that Baldur's Gate, being one that clearly was published complete, to have that kind of be a bulwark against the sen- the current sentiment of, oh, let's just publish a game, whether or not, like, 30% of the content is missing. Um, it's- it's, it's, it's good to more, see that sort of classic design vindicated. It, it's more insulting than that, though. The thing that's insulting about it is that it's the people who should be caring about this and celebrating that the game came out and is as complete as it is. And it's getting a company like Larian is getting their finally their comeuppance like from soft and it should be celebrated. No, we can't have that because people should buy their generic Ubisoft shit. Number number three again. And the thing that was really funny about it is, like, the same time that Baldur's Gate 3 came out, EA delayed Dreadwolf. Almost as if it was a giant sign. And I can tell people with a smile on my face that, like, oh, boy, it's going to be fun when that game comes out. Like, I'm kind of excited now and knowing that they have more time. But that's besides the point. (laughs) Probably get delayed again. Let's be honest. Um, but like you look at these awards and it's like the games that won like yeah no shit Baldur's Gate won it's the most feature complete game on the list everything they set out to do it ran product of passion and highly polished yeah it's everything that gamers reasonably expect and have yet been starved of nowadays yeah, and then you have, and then the only other story of note from that entire event is what Sega's announcement was, and there's a couple other pieces of announcement too. But let's be honest, people don't really give a shit about those. Other than Josh, Josh might give a shit about those. What, what? Sega stuff? Every uh, every other thing that was announced at the Game Awards that was outside of the Sega stuff. Oh, uh, it was a mix of like I don't care and whatever. I get you can deserve to have this trophy, I guess. Okay. But uh, second announced uh, five games and more. 
uh, Josh, you might know a little bit more about this, but they announced uh, new uh, Jet Set Radio. Hell yeah. Yep. New, uh, new Jet Set Radio. New, um, uh, I keep calling it Battle Axe, but it's not Battle Axe. It's Golden Axe. Golden Axe, yeah. Was that the arcade machine Yes. Game? Yep. It was oh, the one that, that was wow. designed to take your coins, and then they made it, they made a game version of it for the Xbox 360, and uh, I'll get a picture of what the protagonist basically looked like. Yeah. Uh, next game that they're going to put out is also uh, uh, Oh, Crazy Taxi, but this time they have cops, which is interesting. Yeah, I'm actually really excited for that game. Yeah, uh, I, and the, the cops the cops idea is great because in Crazy Taxi, you do a bunch of dumb, crazy shit, and there's, like, no repercussions for it, and this time there's cops, so yeah. I'm like, okay, finally, okay. So, yeah, I just sent you both the picture, the best picture I could think of that would summarize this character, because she basically looked like that. And that's not the actual protagonist, by the way, I forget her name. But she was, when they did the version of her, I believe it was them. Uh, yeah, she kind of looked like a leather-bound fucking hooker. Eh. Yeah. Gaming but, uh, was horny back in the day. Gaming Very. is horny, period. Oh, and another side-scrolling beat-em-up. Uh, Fist of Rage? Oh, hell yeah. That's horny as shit. No, Streets of Rage. That's what it is. Streets of Rage is also getting a new game. Look, look, Mike, how dare you judge me based on my protagonist choice? Because that's a Gundam protagonist. That's a Gundam protagonist? That's a Gundam protagonist, and she's an actual sociopath. Please, can we just talk about Streets of Rage and how that gets another game? Yes, they made a new Streets of Rage, Streets of Rage 5. Moving on. So I have a question, though, or like a point to like dredge up in the sense that I, I I've, I'm personally torn at the announcement of like these reboots or remakes of older properties. I have a cynical mind and I have an optimistic mind in regards to them. And I don't, I still, I'm not quite sure on how to fall on it. The cynic in me wants to say that have you no fucking I new ideas is there's nothing new under the sun. Um, like genuine novelty that is to make something new. Uh, it seems to be a very underappreciated prospect nowadays. And I worry that all these companies and developers and whoever are just plumbing these old ideas because they have nothing left of value to say, in which case they should be saying nothing. So uh, I have, there's a cynic in me that's saying that, that says, that looks at these reboots with nothing but disdain. However, the optimist in me is, it also wants to say that a lot of the visions creatively uh, when these various properties were made uh, were limited to some degree by the rudiments and, and technical limitations of their time. And so Parmi wants to believe that given these new frontiers of technological development, having this more set of sophisticated tools that can more flesh out their original vision, assuming it's uncompromised, part of me is excited to see that to see what could be done with something old, but given the breath of life and done the way it should have been done right from the outset. That's what the optimist in me wants to look upon these things with, but the cynic in me it seems to be uh, correct more often than the optimist, if I'm being honest. Uh, do you want my honest opinion, Mike? Yes. 
when you look at the new Shinobi, you realize that they're actually doing a very faithful remake. When you look at the new Crazy Taxi, you actually realize they're doing something new. When you look at Streets of Rage, it's it's a brand new Streets of Rage with a new story and new plot. Um, yep. Every single thing that they're doing, they're doing well. And they're taking old IPs and doing new takes with them. And that's perfectly fine. The And, like, as long as they're faithful, that's fine. Like, well, here's a, here's a question, though. Does it have to be faithful, or is there something to be, something to be said about going in a different direction? Yes. So which, <laughs> yes, which is that's the question. Yes. Yeah. If, if there's something about... If, it's, if they're being faithful to the IP and they're taking it and doing going in a new direction, that's fine. If they're taking an IP and completely changing it and calling it and using the IP, like... Uh, what's a good example of this? Doctor Who. Okay. The new Doctor Who should not be called Doctor Who. Okay. Doctor what? Doctor Who. What? You know, Doctor Who. Huh? Uh, Doctor what? Doctor Who. Who are you talking about? The the, the, the TV (laughs) show, Mike. What what doctor? Star Wars. Star Trek. Warhammer 40K. You know, like these these IPs that when filmmakers get a hold of them, they destroy and completely ruin and completely you're left going. Why did you need this? You just completely made your own fucking fantasy universe. Modern day comic books are a good example of this stuff. But like this, I don't think they're doing that with this. What I think they're doing is they're taking stuff that has been around for at least a couple of years and they're they're doing interesting things with them. And they are new takes and they are being faithful to like what the IPs are like crazy taxi should have had cops in the beginning. And the fact that they're doing it now is like, Oh, that's kind of interesting. That's, that's a really interesting take. And like the new jet set radio, like Josh, like you were talking about cyber bomb fog. Yep. Which is a game I need to play. And you were like, this is a really cool game. And it's basically just Jack Set Radio. Yep, with added tweaks and better controls. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so, like, all of these decisions, like, I get what you're saying, Mike, of like, oh, well, if they have nothing to say, don't say it. But there are things that you can say with those IPs. And they need to be said. And, like, they're doing something... Like, this is the thing that always pissed me off about, like, EA and Activision and stuff like that. Is they have such a treasure trove of, like, old IPs that they do literally nothing with. Like, um... Bioware has, like, Steel Rays... Or Steel Haze. Um, there's Command & Conquer at EA and Wing Commander at EA. Um, you have Starhawk at Sony. Microsoft has Gears of War. They, they will never do anything with... And it's like, just, just, just do something with them. Make a new Gears of War. Make a new Gears of War set in the Pendulum Wars. Make- well, I, I, I think now that I'm thinking about it more, my cynic is, is starting to win. In that, yes. it seems to be the case more often that where I get the feeling it's going is that you know if. I get this feeling that they're just looking at this as a marketing opportunity because these games take such enormous amounts of money to develop. They take such enormous amounts of money to develop. And so in order to get the proper investment to that, you need to basically assuage the fears 
of your investors and what's the most basic way to do that mm-hmm. say oh we're going to do something that our market research suggests to us will be profitable or likely to appeal to the largest demographic possible and the, so from the outset the project is developed by market viability rather than a purity of vision that's and, fair I don't know. You know, these these remakes could come out, and they could be they could be amazing. But I yep. have severe fucking doubts. That's that's a valid concern. The problem is, is that like, if you want something that where the creativity is like drip fit in, that's the indie game community, and they will never end up on a stage and be called Game of the Year because fuck those people. That is the AAA gaming community's mainstay. Well, then I think I think I've, I've heard this idea floated around before, and the more time goes by, I'm like, yeah, this makes more and more fucking sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, we need to re- return, I think, to a different model, or we would be best served as gamers by a return to a different kind of model uh, for developing these games. Though I feel that the nature of the technology. The conditions of the technological environment prohibit this to some degree. A little bit. Um, I, I current, don't think the, you're wrong. If the but. current model is characterized by, you know, if you if the, to be in the AAA space, your environment is characterized by you need to justify something to your investors. That's the principal motivation. Mm-hmm. You need to justify something to your investors because this project is going to be massive uh, in order to develop develop it graphically and also put it to market. Uh, whereas I would say with about 15 years ago, might've been the horizon for it. Um, basically what it, what seemed to happen is that you'd have a giant parent company and they'd have a fleet of different projects before them headed by these small studios. And they'd say, Hey kid, go make us a game here. Each of you gets like, you know, $10 million or whatever. Right. Mm -hmm. And they put investments in a lot of different pods knowing that most of them aren't going to pan out, but hoping and reasonably expecting that one of them, uh, purely guided by their vision, is going to go forth and make something really cool and really unique and really grabbing that's just going to fly off the shelves when it finally gets there. While you also- mean like you're talking – what you're describing is you're describing what Nintendo used to do. Nintendo would have been one of them. Yeah, they would have would have said, hey, we have all these studios. They all have different ideas. Let's just – throw money at them, let's patronize them, mm-hmm. let's be patrons to them, throw them a bunch of shit, and then see what happens. Yeah, most of it won't, won't stick, but not all of it has to. We just need one really successful thing. I think That's a return fair. to that kind of a model would serve us best. However, you basically, what also allowed that to happen was that you didn't need to throw a ton of money at a, an individual project in order for it to be fully realized relative to the technological landscape. But since we now live in an era dominated by increasing graphical fidelity, no thanks to the fucking GTX cartel, um, these projects require, because we're fighting the uncanny valley, to make it more and more realistic, which is the industry standard, which everybody punishes when you're not up to it, um, these projects require just absurd amounts of money to the the magnitude of hundreds of millions of dollars and you can't as there's there's very i don't know if there are any companies that could afford to just be like you know let's green light 10 100 million dollar projects let's throw a billion dollars to the wind and see what happens 
No company's well, going to do there that. There are companies that do that, though. That's the other thing. Then why aren't they doing it? Because they're smaller, and usually you don't hear about them because they're not the main. They're not the major AAA publishers. They're not going to be the ones who are basically. I don't want to say taken aside and gone told like they're the best around, <laughs> but there are basically that. And like you, you, you hear about these stories all the time where like. Like you will be like looking at like a YouTube video, and somebody will mention like a game like uh, uh, Bloody West or the West Blood. Uh, what is it called? Uh, I have it in my Blood West. Um, that's a game made by three people, and like games like that do exist, but like they're all basically like smaller teams that are incredibly small. Well, that's what I'm. That's what I'm saying. That back way back when, that that this was the triple A space was occupied. Yeah. Uh, a what was what is now an indie team used to be the size of the average triple A studio, or what was the industry standard for triple A at the time? Yeah. And that just isn't the case anymore. And so having a triple A sized studio, just I don't know. It just it it's not the same model anymore. No, like nowadays you have studios that are basically like hundreds of people. Like uh, the studios I've worked at, I've worked at EA and Bioware. Bioware was at least like 100 people. And um, EA Navigator was about 70 by the end um, before everything went tets up. And like that's that's actually like really fine. It, it's completely understandable why, like, you have these companies that are, like, they do stuff like that. But at the same time, you kind of, like, you kind of look at it and you're like, man, I wish there was, like, a smaller team. Like, my team personally is, like, maybe, like, what, three people, Josh? Um, yeah, I think yeah. so. And, like, we fluctuated. Like, we've gone up and we've gone down. We had, like, I think at most, like, ten people. And that was too much... Too many heads in the kitchen, I think. Too many cooks. Too many cooks. Too many cooks, a lot of egos from some people. Me. Too many cooks. I'm glad you pick up the reference. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, like, nowadays, like, you look at the, like, you see these games come out, and, like, they're, like, five people. And games like that, like, they don't have to be perfect. But man, like when you hear a story about that, you're like, oh, that's actually really cool. That's kind of awesome. That's interesting. And like I personally, as somebody who enjoys playing it, oh, Diablo 4 is like 40% off. Hmm. Um, as somebody who like likes looking into that stuff, it makes sense. And I appreciate that. Um... But I think that kind of wraps up that topic. Uh, Josh, your opinion on the Sega announcements? Uh, I can't wait. I think be I I'd like to see what they're gonna do with their properties and see what what sort of twists they add to it and if they made it better at all. Yeah, I kind of uh, I kind of that Shinobi game really got me. Kind of like I looked at it and I was like, oh, that's a lot of interesting art. Yeah, the Shinobi game definitely looks super good. Uh, the other thing I want to say is that they supposedly said more and more on their trailer of like titles coming back. And it's 
I sure hope Virtua Fighter is on there. Man, that's a game that needs to come out. <laughs> Man, that's a, that's a game where all the complexity of you know all the the, the flow charting and the different bullshit you can do, despite only having like three to four buttons you have to worry about, is fucking insane. It's one of those games where it's so hard to master where professionals of that game come to other games and go, oh, man, this is so easy. And they stomp people and they go back to playing Virtual Fighter. That game. <laughs> like, it's, it's kind of funny. Yeah. That's a game. Is, that, that, is, like, is Virtual Fighter the same one that was integrated into uh, Shenmue? Yes. Yes. And also, if you play uh, 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 Yakuza. Or, or like a dragon series you can play the newer updated versions of the re- basically remastered versions in those games and that's the only way you get those remastered versions wait you have to buy a game get to the point where you can play virtual fighter to play virtual fighter yeah is there online in two player i think so oh my fucking god sega <laughs> why like, like it's so yeah like it's so like if you want to play update a virtual fighter go fucking play in another video game like so so we're gonna we're gonna okay we're gonna we're how are we gonna ensure that this game is a success considering it's a brand new franchise okay we're gonna okay i'm gonna i'm gonna tell you something okay it's very simple the game's really good right yeah the game's like fantastic it's getting like nine or tens from all of our internal reviewers Okay, and it's polished to no end. Oh, yeah, yeah, it's polished to no end. Okay, okay. We're going to put a virtual fighter cabinet in there, and we're going to put two-player split screen or two-player versus mode, and then we're going to put an online mode worth salt, okay? And and it's actually... I don't remember if there was an online fighting in there, but still, it, if you want to play your uh, most recent version of that game, it's a fucking in a Yakuza game, basically. I don't know why I hate that. I just do. I know it sucks because it's like, man, is this really the only way I could play this old title? That's amazing. And that's it. Imagine, imagine, imagine if you will, like you're playing virtual fighter and you're like, man, I just I just I just want to play this game and i'm just gonna play this game and then they put it in a fucking like remake I, all i want to do is my crouch four frame jabs yeah like, <laughs> what and everyone can do this four frame jab and cancel almost any other move you are oh, you're gonna do a grab four frame jab oh you're gonna do this kick four frame jab oh you're gonna do anything four frame jab oh yeah that game that jab was amazing. Didn't that game also like have like a like there was characters in there like that had uh, gigantic tits? Hell yeah! Uh, I, uh, I'm. Pr- uh, I mean, I, w- I pr- there there probably is. Who knows? Okay. Like I, again, it's just it's disappointing that we haven't seen a new virtual fighter, and there's been a renaissance of new new and amazing fighting games. Street Fighter Six. I, the Street best Fighter fight, Six, the best fighting yep. game of all. Yep. Hey, and hey, Cammy is very fine and a Cammie wonderful is woman. A <laughs> God damn it! God damn it, Mike! Is you curse because I'm right or curse because I'm wrong? Because you're right. God damn it! Yeah. Uh huh. You fucking horny bitch. <laughs> God damn it! Um. 
But yeah, like I'm excited for what they're going to come out with. And hopefully there will be more shit to come. I hope yeah. it's well done. That game's going to be cool. Uh, guided by a spirit of, of wholesome belief in the original vision and loving reverence and and bold artistic design. I hope and so. not by corporate cynicism. I hope so. That blasts I, all the personality off of it like a fucking grape in a sandblaster. Do I want to talk about the Warhammer community or do I want to talk about Bungie? I think I think Bungie's a little bit better. So, um, Bungie... I'll be able to actually participate in that discussion. Yeah, Bungie uh, devs. Uh, IGN article. Bungie devs says... Atmosphere is soul-crushing amid layoffs, cuts, and fears of total Sony takeover. By IGN, the Destiny 2 and Marathon developer may not be able to cling to the last of, of its independence forever. Um, Josh put his uh, upset face, worry face. He was very upset by this. I'm very upset by this. Uh, Josh, do you want to talk about this by any chance? Uh, I gotta look at the topic list again of the, oh, yes, the, Mm -hmm. what was it, the bungee layoffs, you say? Uh, bungee devs say atmosphere is still crushing amid layoffs, cuts, and fears of total Sony takeover. It's the face of, uh, sorry, worry, worry face. (laughs) Yeah. It's the, it's a face I like to use a lot, because it's like, it also looks like you're tired, and you're fed up with the shit, and it's just also, uh, a big ah uh, uh, coming out of it. Um, but yeah, like the more info about this layoffs coming out is the also more info realizing oh they're the higher ups in this company are also shitting themselves because they're afraid of a Sony takeover, mm-hmm. and also uh like. <laughs> Even more depressing is that even Sony gave this company more money so they don't have to do this, but they did it anyways. Yeah. So it's like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, it's so depressing in this situation all, all the way through. I mean, this is probably like the worst of all of the layoffs. Like, I thought that like. I thought like being laid off would suck and it did suck. It was the one of the worst experiences of my life. This is like 20 times worse. Yeah. Like and the reason I got laid off was because bullshit happened outside of my company's control. And the reason why this happened is because um Bungie's a bunch of fucking idiots who basically how do I put it? Um Eat their own ass. Yeah, they they toss some salad if you catch my drift. They toss their own salad. They toss their own salad. They were pants on head retarded and and basically made a really bad decision. I didn't even know Sony had acquired fucking Bungie. When did that happen? Uh, August. So that's like really recent. It was pretty quickly. It was like February. Something like that. But they acquired them and they basically said, like, no, you do. And Bungie communicated, like, oh, we don't have to do any layoffs now. And then they shipped the fire. I think they shipped the last expansion, which was bad. And it went about as well as you could expect. Uh 
while Sony, the exact deals of Sony's detail to acquire Bungie remains unknown to the public sector. Employees sources say the told leaves are currently spent on uh, structure on the continual Bungie meeting certain financial goals. If Bungie falls short of certain financial thresholds by too great an amount, Sony is allowed to dissolve the existing board and take full control of the company. Company. And with Bungie Destiny 2 expansion, the final shape delayed into the next physical year, and Bungie still heavily investing heavily on Marathon, which we actually have a news story. We had a news story that came out about that a while back where they said they took a bunch of Tarkov players, they showed them Marathon, and the Tarkov players were like, I don't care. So this is, this is, this is looking pretty dire. Uh, many employees <sighs> understand that Bungie is struggling to meet necessary targets. To keep its less vestiges of freedom, such as the takeover, wouldn't be necessary. Be shocking, given its 2022 acquisition, but nonetheless be a stunning development for the company that has a historical pride on its independence. Mike, you remember the Halo days. I do. Josh, you weren't a Halo guy back in the day. I play with friends, but I never had an attachment of the game. Okay, so Bungie, as a company, was very much independent from Microsoft. Yes. They were one of those companies that, like, you would look at and you go, oh, well, you know, they're just interesting. Oh, the the more that you, the more you look back on their development back in the day, the more you start realizing, how did anything ever come out from this company? Yeah. The like more how the more you look back and you hear stories about like how they were worried about chocolate milk, or no, they're worried. Like if anything, it was like, oh, you mean Halo Two was developed under ten months and just insane amount of crunch in order to actually make a game? Like, yeah. why? And they cut like fifty percent of the features. <laughs> yep, it was or just over like over fifty percent of the features. There was like a couple missions that they literally ripped off. <laughs> And then you look at like what they did with Halo Three, and you're like, oh, 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 yep, yeah, um, yeah, like this, man, I just, this is depressing. <laughs> this is just depressing. I'm just in further like confirming how on earth does this company still be around uh because they were one of the greats they lucked out i guess they, they, lucked they out definitely halo. lucked out and then halo ran its own natural course well for where it could go narratively and uh they didn't manage it or then their luck ran out that's just about it yeah like i as a, somebody who used to like look in up to bungie i am like now like Hmm. <laughs> hey, I, the only thing I remember is uh, <laughs> only thing I remember is fucking uh, you know f- finishing the fight. We're gonna finish that fight. We're gonna finish that fight. Uh, the fight. The fight's gonna be finished eventually. You know, you know, yeah, how, the fight how, gonna be finished. How cool would it have been if they had never made Halo Four? Oh, uh, if they had made Halo. If Halo 4 was not released until after, like, if the next follow-up with a Master Chief game was not Halo 4, it was Halo Infinite. I don't know. See, I think there's still... I haven't played the campaign of Infinite, but I Uh, have played the campaign of 4. I skipped 5. 
Um, oh, so you were smart. It's, I, it's, it's such an odd, you have to understand, it is such an odd occurrence for me to get into new games nowadays, and even back in the day when I was really gung-ho about that shit, it still wasn't exactly a, a common occurrence for me. Mm-hmm. And my participation in Halo 4 was more out of peer pressure than anything, right? That game but, was uh, mediocre at best. The, the camp, the, 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 the multiplayer was fun. Yeah. Halo, Halo multiplayers, it's hard for them to mess it up. They have messed it up, but anyways, the campaign was so dull, so boring, so forgettable, but I think it was fundamentally undergirded by the fact that uh, I think what led, lent the original trilogy a lot of its narrative potency mm-hmm. was it was about kind of the ridiculousness it was, it was both about the ridiculousness of waging a war between what are two very petty species versus the backdrop of like a cosmic level existential uh, Lovecraftian horror threat that is the flood mm-hmm. um, and then the having the two sides reconcile and and then a microcosm of that is the struggle the pure struggle of humanity like barely hanging on while while fighting against these titanic forces and the epitome of that is the master chief one guy against literal armies right yeah so this is i think that's part of like the narrative juice of what made the original trilogy work and then what then was absent in halo 4 going forwards is one the flood's not there um and to what degree you'd have to ask to what degree could they just like whip up another uh, cosmic level eldritch threats? And they kind of tried with the Prometheans slash the Forerunners, mm-hmm. but that didn't really track. Not nearly to the, the degree that the Flood did. And as well, there was also a tonal shift in the idea of humanity finally stepping into its quote unquote its mantle and becoming the proper stewards of the universe. And therein, there stopped being a struggle. Because what, what was that? One of the opening cutscenes of Halo 4 is uh, the fucking Infinity, like, smashing through a Covenant cruiser. Yeah, yeah. like it's nothing. Great, great, great of us to establish the threat of the Covenant. Now we can li- literally flop our dicks on their foreheads and break their ships in half. Yeah. Between those two elements, the lack of the overarching cosmic threat that kind of drove the plot forward in meaningful ways, and then, two, the absence of all threat towards humanity and therefore the absence of all their struggle, I don't know, that kind of... Well... That neutered any narrative potential that Halo had. Well, well, like, the other thing, too, is, like, you have to think about, like, Bungie originally made the games, and when Bungie left, they were basically like, yeah, we have no idea how to, like, follow this up. So they made Reach. They're smart. They were smart then. Yeah, and they... So they made Smartish. Reach. And whatever your I opinion of Halo Reach is, it's, it's still a half decent Halo game. It has a good plot. It works well. It's, but, it's, like, it's mechanically, it's mechanically in, in, like engaging and narratively it's, it's short and sweet. It's about, it, it's, it's that, that other polit, pol, plot element of struggle <laughs> in the face of death. The, the, the fighting against overwhelming odds just yeah. because. That's the human story and that's what makes Reach so lasting as a as a narrative piece, yeah. in my opinion, at least. Well, and like, and then you look at like what they did with like Halo. Uh, I don't want to say three, but like you look at like what they did afterwards with Destiny, and it's like, oh, okay, like there's there's problems here, 
but it's okay. Like Destiny's an okay. It's an okay game. I, I, I enjoyed Destiny. And then you look at like what they did now and you're like, Mm, I don't know, man. I think that there, I think that there's something that's been lost. And yeah, I like, never played Destiny. Uh, uh, I, I can't you're not missing missing a whole lot, man. <laughs> I didn't imagine I was. Yeah, it's it's disappointing. Like the reason why I'm like upset by this is like because it's like what they basically have done is they basically have gotten the company and. Like, Josh is kind of right. Like, this is incredibly depressing. I don't know if Josh is still there, though. Huh? What? Huh? Am I? Am I still here? Yeah. But uh, you had a... Did you have any other opinions on this? (sighs) Wish wish things could be better and companies don't lay people off and just do, like, you know, keep them... You keep the people on staff. If... If we do kind of agree that they kind of lucked out, at least with the original Halo trilogy, and they don't really they haven't demonstrated the metal that uh, seemed to spawn Halo in the first place. Mm-hmm. If it really was just a matter of luck, why should we be surprised that they grew too big and now they're probably going to implode? But they branched off and now the the truth has come out. They, they just were really lucky with making Halo and they haven't really made quite caught that lightning again since, which... Shouldn't come as a surprise to anybody who's really savvy onto how these, this, this company operates. I don't know. Maybe they're getting their comeuppance in a way. I mean, I mean, the reason why we're the reason why we I would be personally surprised is because like this is not companies don't normally implode this way. What through massive acquisitions? Yeah, they don't normally go the, the route that they're going, and the route that Bungie is going is a very surprising route they don't normally lay off a hundred people some of whom have been around in the company for like three forty three years forty years and look at them and just laugh and then get acquired by a company and then have their boards basically be dissolved even though they're supposed to be a semi-independent studio well, how when could you make a case that they lost that kind of independent spirit around the same time they were kind of getting subsidized by Microsoft no. and incorporated into their corporate structure? No, you couldn't. I couldn't make that case. Okay, you can't really make that case because the truth of the fact is is that like when Microsoft acquired Bungie, they basically moved them across the country. And then basically gave them, and then basically gave them Xbox, and they said, "Go hog wild." The creative freedom was still there. Microsoft allowed Bungie to basically. Yeah, how, but how much did they balloon their staff at that point? I uh, think. How big did the company get at that point? That's a good question. I don't think it. I think it gained like maybe twenty, thirty people, and most of that was QA. The problem with Destiny, though, is like Destiny is a really big game. You look at like the scale of Destiny. There's hundreds of hours of content that you can have in just Destiny alone. And the way that they balloon this company, it's it's pretty big. Like it's it's massive. There's there's no real way that you can kind of shrink it or put the genie back into the bottle unless you start laying off people. And, like, that's the cost of live service games is that you need massive staffs because you need to constantly be pumping out new content for your player base. 
So that that's why this makes a lot of sense. That being said, like when when you're at the risk of being like subjugated by like uh, a company that just acquired you, at that at a certain point, it's kind of like hmm, this is getting a little concerning there, bud. Well, the moment they start the the rule of every the rule, not the exception, is that every company that starts to quickly grow in, in its volume of workers disproportionately accelerates the expansion of their management sector, not yeah. their developer sector. Yeah, uh, and that's just to say it's it, the company. The bigger the company gets, the more it's filled with the useless people who are just managing other people. Yeah, and. Well, and that, and that's did, the thing. Did, about, did did Bungie follow a similar path? And if so, why should we be any more tolerant of them than we are towards any other bloated corporate entity that follows a similar path? That's that's fair. I, I personally speaking, I think that like you're you're actually kind of right by that. But the other thing I would say with that is is that the way that Bungie has handled that has been very negative oriented because. The way they've handled it is basically been like we can do whatever the fuck we want and nobody cares. <laughs> so, oh, like like contempt. Yeah, the way they've handled it is like they've handled it like Twitter, where you look at Twitter and like, like Josh disagrees cool. with me on this, I believe, I think. Um, but like, I personally believe that Twitter now is better than Twitter back in the day. Josh thinks that Twitter back in the day was a little bit better because there was actual moderation. You couldn't go on there and just start saying horrible things. As somebody who has somebody who has been on the wrong side of the ire of that uh, entire like, how do I say this? Um, moderation staff. Uh, I can tell you, uh, no, Twitter before was very heavy-handed with their moderation. And it was to the point where it was very uh, disappointing, per se. Yeah, my, my opinion on that is that if people are saying horrible shit, you know, especially on the internet, is... There's a block button for a reason. No, even better than that. I'd say it's hardware level. Um, you have this thing. Most computers have this thing called a mouse, and in the center of that, we have this thing called a wheel. Invented a few thousand years ago. Uh, you just like give that a little wiggle and all of a sudden the bad words are fucking gone and you don't have to deal with them anymore. You don't have to take up any more of your neurons. Well, like, and like, here's the thing is like, it's like, I also have blue sky and stuff like that. And I can tell you right now, and this ties into our third topic or, or my third topic. Um, but like when, when you're hiring management and HR and stuff like that, and then somebody acquires your company, sometimes the head clearing needs to be that middle management layer that Josh kind of said about earlier. Yeah, but it never does. No, because because they're not going to talk at the executive level. Because why would you? Why would you have a better time pleading their case to the corporate overlords? Because they're the connecting branch. So yeah. who does that leave? That leaves the developers. That leaves the boots on the ground. The people who are actually the yep. substance of your company. Yep, it's a predictable fucking pattern, and we don't. We seem to be hell bent on not breaking it. Well, it's because it's because if we did that, that's expected. If you if you if you started, it's the Joker state. If 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 uh, Sony went and laid off every underling underneath every manager, that would be expected. But if Sony went to the middle management layer and said, "Right, you 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 you, your jobs are uh, 
uh, non-needed. You're all fucking useless. Get the hell out of here. Yeah, they would. They would basically. Everyone would be freaking out. Uh, but yeah, no. Um, Josh, do you have anything to add to this topic? Uh, no, I think everything else has been said for the most part. Can I talk about gatekeeping your Warhammer? Uh, if you must. Okay, it's going to be like two minutes. Uh, oh, boy. Um, <laughs> yeah, press X to doubt. I'm keeping a timer. All right. Um, basically, so I was on Twitter where all good things happen. Um, right now we have we have we have uh, people talking about Will Smith. Alex Jones is coming back on the platform. Uh, there's boycott Zaria and blocked. Um, but uh, we had a bunch of people who um, <laughs> the same. Oh, Alex Jones is back on Twitter. Follow. The Oh, wait, no, I'm going to unfollow that. That's not real Alex Jones. Um, but basically, um, people start talking about gatekeeping on in Warhammer 40K and how people need to accept them for who they are and all this sort of stuff. And it spawned one of the dumbest threads in subreddit history where basically the tendrils of this entire thing spanned out and became about like how a group of people have gone into every single hobby and systematically destroyed it. How Witch from Mercury is a terrible series. How Star Wars episodes seven, eight, nine are terrible and nobody should watch them. How Picard seasons one and two are garbage and nobody should watch them and ruined. How the new Doctor Who sucks. How all of these things suck. How all these people are doing this. How every single one of these people are fucking moronic buffoons who destroy everything and are basically colonizers. And it just became one of these things where everyone was like no this stops here this is the dumbest thing in the world world so basically what ended up happening was somebody made a comment it didn't go well it resulted in a thread it didn't go well and it basically turned into a bunch of hissy fits that didn't go well um and i think my favorite of all of these is uh uh from it's a gundam who is a wonderful human being who is two minutes colored, by the way what two minutes two three uh, two four two five two six uh basically he basically said like like i found the warhammer 40k community the most welcoming i have come across in years if there's any gay keeping it's understandably so i've watched my favorite franchises now be become hijacked by people who interest him from though from a new show or movie and believe past iterations are problematic these people ruin the hobby with headcans that are suited to their personal sexual belief systems. Star Wars, Star Trek are now dead. Gundam American fan base cons consists of diaper furries. I know because I've seen their hate posts about me. So Warhammer gatekeeping, I get it. The Emperor was clear about his views on heretics. Um, <laughs> yeah, basically, basically uh, it's been good to see a bunch of people kind of get smacked down. And the follow-up on that is this. is like, I have no problem with people in the gaming community. I, I have no problem with them in the gaming community because the gaming community is a very big community. I have no problem with those people in the tabletop community because, or not the tabletop community, the tabletop RPG community, like D&D &D and all that stuff. Because 
you can do basically anything with your own group. It's not a big deal. I have a problem with those people in the tabletop community because I've seen what they've done to Star Wars. I've seen what they've done to Halo and Destiny and Mass Effect and franchises I really liked and loved. And uh, to put it bluntly, I think that what happened with Battletech is a very worrying thing where you watch these people basically um, declare somebody trans and then get upset when it all goes sideways. Um, That said, like, it's becoming very clear that, like... We need some gatekeeping in these things. Yeah. And that's obvious. But anyways, that's my rant. Does anyone have anything they want to add? No, bring back gatekeeping. It's, it's, it's fucking overdue at this point. I agree. It's going to be it's going to be an interesting thing if that ever happens. Because here's the thing. It's like you're never going to get rid of episode 7, 8, 9. You're never going to get rid of it. What, the elements that fucking ruin these franchises? Yeah, you're never going to get rid of all basis. these. Yeah. Well, okay, actually, to be fair, to be fair, there's, there's a case we made that, okay, looking at Star Wars as the example, it was a very specific group of people and perhaps a very specific set of forces that caused it to go off the fucking rails, and most yeah. chiefly embodied by bitch-in-chief bitch in uh, Kathleen Kennedy. So we could make a case that in Josh, some of these, what's your favorite line? Say the line, Josh. Huh? Say the line. What's, Allah what's is my, female. What? Who? My Kathleen, line? Kenny, Kathleen Kennedy. I, uh, 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 uh. Stick a, huh? stick a, what? Stick a chicken. Stick a chicken in it and make her gay. Oh, yeah. Stick a chicken in it and make her gay. Yeah. Okay, Josh is like, I don't want to talk about this anymore. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, he's like, I'm done. What? Huh? I want to go to uh, bed. I'm. Uh, excuse me. I gotta put this pillow on my face. And <laughs> but yeah, no, that's fair. No, you're right, Mike. We like okay. So it's what I'm trying to say is there could be a case that in some of these franchises, it's. You know, it's it's very specific, like cadres of writers and corporate talking heads who make these abysmal decisions on the direction of the series. And um, you know, I feel that, but at the same time, I feel that those people wouldn't have been given nearly nearly the clemency, nearly the nearly the power that they had if it wasn't for a lot of people at the ground level saying, "Oh, if only someone would make." It was make basically a Mary Sue character, the the lead of Star Wars. I'd be so happy if there only were a million bleeding lambs doing that kind of bullshit. Then maybe it's possible, it's conceivable that maybe these franchises would have gone in different directions. So maybe some gatekeeping on the people who insist on making its broadly ideological insertions into these franchises need to be called. Well, like here's my thing: is like. I, as a Battletech player, I've seen this happen a little bit too much. It's getting a little concerning where you're looking at somebody and they're like, um, Natasha, Natasha Kerensky, who is a very interesting character. She's trans. And you go look at the lore and you're like, 
the genetically engineered woman designed to that can rip your head off like you a normal human being's head off who is literally designed for war she's trans and they're like yes and they're like you go interesting and they go yeah i know right and it's like where's the lore supporting this and they go what well, doesn't exist they're, they're like, coded as trans. It's obvious yeah, to anybody yeah. who's familiar. It's, it's like when you look at like those Zelda things where they're like, like Link is clearly like trans. And you look at the image and you're like, yeah, those are shadows. Like, I'm I'm sorry. You're just... Incidentally, did Tears of the Kingdom insert ball physics for Link? Was that an actual thing? I thought I, I saw something about know. that. <laughs> I Why would I look... I don't know, I just Maybe ask Josh. Josh might like, know. Josh. Do you play Tears mm. of the Kingdom? Does, does, does Link have ball have physics, physics in the Tears of the Kingdom? Ball physics? Yes. Yeah. Do that, yeah, that I mean, coin first bounce, son? Um, I saw Bose I mean, that did it, and I was wondering if it was fake. I mean, uh, I don't... Uh, <laughs> uh, maybe? Yeah. That's good to know. Um, yeah, so... But, like, the reason why this keeps happening is because they... The reason why this all spawns from Warhammer is because... These people are trying to get female Space Marines in a franchise that already has female Space Marines. Which I, assume, okay. which I think exemplifies another point where it's, like... Like, they're so incompetent and so cocky that they think they know everything about a franchise, and then they make asinine, stupid... Yeah, to be Ill- that confident and still be wrong is a yeah. special breed of They're so cocky that they forget the fact that, like, like it's okay to be wrong. Like, personally speaking, I think that if the, with GW was like, here's a trans chapter of post... I mean, they would all basically be female at that point because Space Marines can only be male to female if you wanted to do trans Space Marines. But, like, that, if GW wanted to do that, yeah, that would be cool. But they would all be some Nash cultists. <laughs> like, like, GW would be the only people who could competently make a Space Marine chapter because they would basically just go, all right, so we made a bunch of trans Space Marines uh yeah they're basically just emperor children's offsprings and yeah they're all trans that's like a that, weird way for that would work <laughs> but like the problem is is like these people are so incompetent that they don't understand that like it's those models already exist they're called sisters of battle they exist for a reason you fucking idiots you just have to look at the lore and read it and it's fine but they don't seem to understand that like that's okay that like hey they're not actual space marines they're kind of considered their own separate thing and they're just like so like they're not women so i hate it it's like just give it a try that's the thing that that's the thing that upsets me about it is like they go into a franchise. They make a bunch of assertions. They don't know any of the lore, and then they then they act surprised when the lore when they get exactly what they want. It ruins everything, and then they go, "Well, why does nobody like this thing anymore?" And it's like because you fucking ruined it. 
Because you took something that was cool and then you destroyed it and then you acted like as if you're the victim on top of that. And that's the thing that's offensive is like the constant assertion of like, but I'm right. It's like, no, you're, you're just an idiot. You're just wrong. Just shut up. Yeah, the, the kind of assertions that are made that aren't just incorrect, but actually have to at some point uh, contradict and pose themselves against what is already established as true. Look at look at the Holdo m- maneuver in Star Wars. Or was that one where she did uh, the light she speed? She right into a ship, yeah. <laughs> Which, you know, if that was a thing anybody could have done all along, why wasn't the CIS, like making relativistic kill pods like yeah since the beginning of the clone wars yeah and why would you why would why would you build a death star that that is big and clunky and, and can't move around and when you could just have one relativistic kill vehicle uh, like the size of a normal ship slam into a planet and basically achieve the same result and it's and it's undetectable it's unstoppable yeah, anyways, I remember the holdover maneuver that completely fucked up the series. It was a cool graphic, I'll grant, but like what the fuck? Why, like, how, like, how did that like, cut how did that get past the like the, the cutting room floor? And, and, the, and that's the thing is like about this, is like it's like stuff like that where you're like, oh, that's really cool and interesting. Why would you do that? And then they do it and you're like, Oh, that's literally the dumbest thing I've heard in the world. It's the most offensive thing that I think you guys have ever done. And they're just so cocky. They don't understand that. Like, it's they can't see themselves as wrong. They have, yeah. they have no one around them who's willing to tell them that like, they're wrong. Like, if or you that, wanted that they can to still do, keep their job after doing so. Like, if you want to do that, go make something else. And there's nothing wrong with that. These people, they don't understand that. Like, the reason why they do it, I guarantee you, the reason why they do it, they've actually come out and said this multiple times, is because they want the embedded fan base, and. We knew if we did this with our own franchise, people would just be like, this is garbage. Stupid and dumb. Why would I waste my money to go see any more of this? But Let's then they the destroy these other franchises they and then they wonder... the existing profile of, an, of a franchise or an yeah. IP. And they say... Then, then they do their viral insertion mm-hmm. of their weird genetic material, narratologically speaking, and act surprised when the, when the final product is basically received as diseased and corrupted. Mm-hmm. And then they extra off when the, that thing is no longer popular. Oh yeah, and then you can. But then you can also you get the special card where you can now blame your fans. Yeah. Uh, the Star Wars and do the people who are reacting badly in Star Wars don't have valid critiques. They just hate women. They they just hate these people. Even though we stuck a chicken in it and made it gay. That's you to make gay. Is yeah. that the, is this a South Park reference? Is that that's that a is? South Park reference. Yeah. yeah. That's okay. South Park. Yeah, the, the the thing and like that I I like it's it's funny now because like like you look at like something like Dungeons and Dragons, something that actually has their hands in it. It's a franchise that actually is like very much has their hands in it. They have gone completely off the rails with how stupid they are. Are talking about Wizards of the Coast or yeah, like Josh is a big fan of Magic the Gathering. Um, yep. Your opinion on Magic Gathering? I've heard him bitch more times about Magic the Gathering in the past three months than I care to fucking. Is Magic uh, the Gathering the one where they had Black Aragorn? Yes. I know that was definitely Wizards of the Coast, but I wasn't sure if it was specifically uh, 
within Magic or if it was some other card game that Lord of the Rings in it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can imagine it was it was the best. It was the greatest thing in the world. Black Aragorn. Yeah, best thing ever. Completely awesome. Totally yeah, that, needed to happen. That was a viral. Uh, that set actually is like really awesome and a cool set. I just hate that card. <laughs> I really don't care other than like the set was fine and fun. The only thing that sucks is that the one ring is very OP. Yeah. Well, the reason I don't like it, the reason I don't like that card is because they, the this the original image leaked, and it um, actually of Aragorn, and it's like, oh, it's like, oh, oh, that's actually really cool. That's a really cool image. And then like this, and then the best part is like the second tweet follows up, and you're like, oh, it just looks like flat, and it's like somebody used AI art. Big sad. Yeah, big sad, and that's that's not a big issue. Like at the end of the day, but like, hey, like if so, like the what, other black thing, Aragorn isn't a big issue. Yes, it is. No, it's not. Yeah, it is at the end of the because, day. No, it's because because it was very explicitly written in a in a certain way, and to just make blithe textual like to make a move in blithe textual ignorance to then insist nah he didn't mean what he said there that's mike most of these people are closet racists i don't mean to shock you with this fact but most of them are closet racists well they're approaching it from a very they're 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 approaching it from a very racist place racist from like the inverse angle it's very strange yeah but well it's because it's because they hate themselves it's because they don't they don't understand that like in order to not be racist you have to treat the person the same way that you would treat a normal human being. And yeah, they don't really understand to. that because they're too stupid. <laughs> they, they go, go, what do you mean I have to just treat the person like an average or normal being? Yeah, treat them like your best friend. They're, they're just the, – the worst part is, is like they get, they get it in their head that like it's okay in order to do the things that they're doing. And it's just not. But I think that's the podcast. I'm sorry, Josh, for the things. <laughs> eh. Josh is going to be like, I'm going to kill you in your sleep. Eh. I'm gonna I'll come, be sleeping in my sleep. I'm going to come over to your house and I'm going to punch you in the throat and then I'm going to walk away. Um, thank you, Mike. Thank you, Josh, for hosting me. Thank you, everyone, for listening to the Black Mike Guys podcast. Uh, Mike, good luck with your code. Holy <laughs> shit, this episode's like two hours. Hell yeah. Sleeping in my on. sleep. Um, yeah, thanks everyone. Have a good night. Bye. Bye. Okay, yeah, that's right. I need to fucking click out of my game here. Do I hit, I hit stop recording, right?
Bungie's going to die. Yep, Bungie, Bungie's going to die. New Jet Set Radio. Uh, Jet Set Radio, all the old Sega stuff. They're, they're actually making... Sega's finally doing the actual good thing in the world. They're doing the thing that I always advocated for EA to do, and they, they always said that was a stupid idea. So they're actually doing it, uh, and GTA 6 got announced. Nice. Yeah. But, uh, Mike, did you play any interesting games this week? Bro, <laughs> I played, like, only three ga- I have, like, three games that I play on any sort of regular basis. And, uh, no, I'm not sure people consider it interesting at this point. I just play Fortnite. That's all I play. <laughs> Get your Peter Griffin skin. My God. Is that, is that real? Is Peter yes, Griffin really real. Fortnite? That's yeah, that's 100% real. real. Oh. Yeah. I think I, I, I started playing Dishonored 2 this week, and then I was like, man, I would rather just play System Shock. So I just played System Shock for an hour. Hell yeah. It's it's gone to the point I am in such a bad state in that game where I have effectively talked myself seriously. Nice. Because I have no health. So somebody can just show up and just shoot me and I just die. So. Well, shit. Yeah, I'm in that state right now. But uh, I've been applying for a lot of jobs as a white, so, too, so. Yeah. And tonight I am going to be drinking... Waterloo Amber because uh, alcohol is healthy. But uh, yeah, and we also played airsoft this week. So without Josh, yeah. Oh, uh, I actually played a video game this week. What? There's a video game I want to recommend to you, but I it's called Blood West, but it's like a thief knockoff. Uh-huh. So I don't know if you'll like it or not. Uh, maybe I don't know. I'll have to look at it. Oh, it's like 20 new bucks. Why it's so cheap. Mm-hmm. Um, but the game I played is uh Stop Dead. Okay. And Vomitorium. That's cool. Yeah. Uh, one is a, a Metroid-like. And another one is a kind of speedrun-esque uh, video game concept. Mm-hmm. Where the, the whole concept of the game is you cannot stop moving. The single second you stop moving, you're dead. That's good. <laughs> Which is pretty f- interesting. Because you, you get into moments of like, oh, I got to talk to this character, but you, they want you to stand on one spot, so you run on a treadmill. 
<laughs> just a treadmill out of nowhere. You're just like, oh, a treadmill. Thank God. Hmm. That sounds interesting. Yeah, it's pretty funny. That's very good. I'm going to probably talk about that further and get on the podcast and shank. Okay. Do you want to start the show, Josh? Probably. All right. We can sink in three, two, one.